Hello, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Paola Atlason, holistic health consultant and healthy lifestyle designer. During the podcast, I will be in conversation with renowned women in service to their community, sharing personal stories and the self-care rituals that keep us grounded. Let's begin. Okay, so welcome Natalie Kuhn or Kuhn? Kuhn. Kuhn. Yeah. Welcome to my home. <sighs> I'm so happy that you're here. Get comfy. We're going to chat. It's a joy and a pleasure to be here, Paolo. <laughs> I feel like we're like we're on a date. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like we're getting to In the know. sober light of day. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a steamy room with a bunch of people screaming, but That's it. I have this weird feeling that I've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've actually known you. So why don't you share with us? who you are in your story. Great. Well, um, I grew up in LA, in actual LA. Nobody's actually from LA. I'm from <laughs> LA. <laughs> and um, I grew up with, um, I, I think a lot of people in wellness come to wellness because they have very troubled childhoods. I actually had really great parents, great mom, great dad. And I went to, I moved to New York Um, when I was 17 for college, stayed for 13 years, moved back to LA and recently moved back to New York in May. Um, and a lot of that was because of the class by Taryn Toomey, which is where I serve as a founding teacher and the VP of programming. And the class is spiritual fitness. So we're using physical conditioning for the purpose of self-study. And that's how we met. Yes, that's how we <laughs> met. And it's so beautiful how you des- describe it because a lot of times there is a very, um, it's very challenging to try to describe what the class is. But I love that you call it spiritual fitness, especially the word spiritual is very loaded, but you're just putting it out there mm-hmm. because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, you're right on when you say that it's hard to describe when Taryn when Taryn and I were working on this thing that would become the class in in the early days when it was just the two of us, um, you know, we had gone back and forth. Do we capitalize the T and the C? Is it the class? Is it the class? Is it period? Is it by Taryn Jimmy? Is it with Taryn? Is it nothing? Is it, you know, what do we do? And there was a very early article that said it, uh, to me, and I'm speaking as if I were the writer, To me, having it be called the class is like when a painter entitles their work untitled. Mm -hmm. So it leaves that room for interpretation for the experiencer. Mm -hmm. And that makes the most sense to me. Because your experience of the class is actually your experience of you. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be the same experience as it is for the friend that you brought. Because she's experiencing herself. Yeah. That's beautiful, and it's so true. I remember I heard about the class somehow, and I didn't know what it was. It looked interesting. There were these photos of this beautiful woman dressed in white doing kind of acrobatic yoga moves. But it took me probably a year to build up to go. I don't know why. I was just rejecting it, and and then I went, and then I realized I wouldn't, 
not have been ready to go mm. before. I wasn't mm-hmm. in the right place. Mm-hmm. I would have probably thought it was a, not what I was looking for. Yeah. And I came there at the perfect moment, at the perfect time. Mm. And it was it was life-changing to me. Literally wow. life-changing. It was at a cross point in my life where I was turning 40. I was contemplating switching careers. I did not know what to do. Yeah. And in Terrence's class, I realized I know exactly what I have to do. And mm. it just, like you're saying, I just experienced myself in a, in a way where it just came out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was insane. Yeah. I think there's something, um, really necessary about the practice of finding, um, of, of cutting through noise and whether that's the class or meditation or bath or church or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think all spiritual practices are are actually trying to get to the same point of stillness and silence where the volume of your everyday worries and your mind gets turned down so that the volume of your spirit can be turned up. So that makes sense to me that you found clarity through this practice. Yes. And and every time I go, something new comes through. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying before we started recording, Yesterday, I took your class. I hadn't been to the class in about three months. Um, and f- so this is the first time I had been in a while. And I never know what to expect. Sometimes I'm a little scared. Sometimes I'm excited. A few times I've been there and I just dance and it's joyful. Mm-hmm. But something always comes up positive mm-hmm. or not so great that you have to, it's like what you have to look at. But I'm curious to know how did you get to the class? Because mm-hmm. I love what you said. You had a great childhood, mm-hmm. but you're in wellness, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. We're kind of damaged in some way. Yeah. Like. I mean, we all, um, I love this one uh, activist, she said that privilege is not what you have gone through. It's what you haven't had to go through. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, let me back up. I was an actor and I was a dancer for rock bands. And in between my gigs, I was bartending and closing things down a little too late, drinking a little too much. And so one of my friends said, you know, I do 10 K's with my coworkers. And I was like, you don't do whiskey shots. I don't understand. (laughs) So, um, that was Lululemon. Uh So I worked for Lululemon and Taryn was just a guest. She just came in periodically and we hit it off and she invited me to the fitness exercise she was doing in the gym of her own apartment building. Mm -hmm. It wasn't called the class. There was no, there was no intention for it to become something other than her and her friends getting together. So... I went and I laughed my ass through the whole thing because it was so hard. I refused to hydrate because I didn't want to have to risk squatting down to pee. <laughs> and after the second one, she um, asked if I had you know, ever considered teaching. And I was looking for something to teach, but more broadly, I was looking for something to love more than what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did what most of us do in our 20s. I worked three jobs exploring different routes of passion. So I set her up and I broke her down. I took copious notes every morning at this dance factory, this kid's dance studio mm-hmm. in Tribeca. 
Then I went to go work my job at Lululemon. Then I went to go perform off-Broadway every night. So I think when you don't know what to do, one of the safest things to do is just keep asking the question. So I just kept asking the question, you know, what direction am I supposed to take? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I was taking all three. Mm -hmm. I was exploring this opportunity with Taryn. I was learning so much about business, actually, from being behind the scenes at Lululemon and then still pursuing the performing arts. And gradually after, I, I call it the period of time where I was holding my hand out for rain, it rains mm-hmm. and, and it, you know, the, the priorities shift and things became clear and um, the relationship between Taryn and I strengthened and um, I left all other jobs and all other pursuits to grow this business with her from you know her kids bedroom and her apartment in Tribeca (laughs) we didn't know what we were doing we didn't have neither of us have business degrees we didn't have a business plan we just knew that there was something about the work that was helping others but more importantly not more importantly but more um, immediately there was something about the work that was affecting us Mm -hmm. as individuals Um, and we bonded over that and that's how it began 2013 That's so beautiful you you it's like you're literally speaking to my heart right now because mm. it's so incredible you know it's like you said before you were exploring your passions but it's almost like now you're on a mission mm-hmm. so it's, instead of being just passion driven which is great it's almost like mission driven because you have experienced firsthand what this work does yeah and it changed you, it created a friendship, and now you're passing that to so many women. Mm. Because even since I started going a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. this thing has exploded. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody knew what the class was. At first, right. I would tell people, like, have you heard of the class? And they're, and they're like, like, what is it called? What is the class? I'm like, it's called the class. <laughs> and, and, you're, and what do you do? Because something that I feel has happened now. And thank you for sharing that, oh, by yeah. the way. That's so personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think fitness has shifted from being something purely physical yeah. to something more. Yeah. And we're seeing all these different classes and different things popping up. Nothing like the class. Mm-hmm. But I think you guys were definitely pivotal in changing Ooh, that. Wow. Um, I used to work out to get my ass to look better. <laughs> and now, I mean, not right. that the class doesn't right. do that, but it's just a different thing. It's like changing the game thank you I mean that's so nice to you know hear you ascribe the class to part of this huge movement that's going on I think we're we're definitely um we're part of something much larger that I think is um a greater movement of awakening Mm -hmm. um the I I love actually that Spirituality is on trend <laughs> because um, I think there's more access. Uh, of course, there is uh, the commodification of spirituality mm-hmm. that's also happening, um, which is tricky, right? Because uh, you're seeing both the, uh, the, the rise of awareness around um, living a more full life and then the business of that. Yes. And 
that's something we we talk about a lot sort of ethically mm-hmm. because um, it's a $35 class. So we're also trying our best to match those that sort of luxurious price point with other ways of giving back and other ways of bringing this work um, to communities that can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So it's not um, it's not something we are ignoring. It's interesting because it's, you're absolutely right. There's this um, dilemma then that that occurs within, where you're like, I want to serve. Mm-hmm. I want to you know my my whole spiel is take care of yourself, self care, um, re reclaim your feminine power through self care, not the commercial self care. Mm-hmm. Just take care of yourself, whatever that means to you. For me, it was incredible that you walk into my home and you felt you were at home. Mm-hmm. That to me is self-care. Mm-hmm. I care for my family and this way I care for myself. But then you have to make money right. in order to be able to spread it even further. Yeah. Um, so I understand where you know there's that push and pull of more morally and ethically, yeah. how do you go about this? Yeah. Um, but I think it's a huge... A positive kind of check mark when you see that even though you have the price point, even though you have to sell it, people are coming. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes overlooking that because it's just it's like medicine. It's like therapy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's certainly cheaper than going to a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think going back to the the um, idea of of this writer calling it sort of the untitled painting or, or the class. Yes is that you can go for any reason that suits you. If you want yeah. to go because you want your ass to look a particular way, uh-huh. you're going to get that. Yes. If that's your goal, <laughs> you're you are going to get that and your body will be lean and toned and stronger yeah. after it. And if you're if you're going for the purpose of helping you through a particular transition, you will get that. It really um and that's why I I return to what you said about it's such a difficult thing to ex- express because it's so experiential that whatever your intention is is what you will get mm-hmm. yes absolutely I, one thing I like about your class how you teach is it, it seems very structured mm. and like you planned it and you have your cues and you're very much guiding the class I've taken classes, which I love also, where I feel like I'm immersed in somebody's experience yeah. at the moment. And that can, you know, you can relate to that. Yeah. Or you can actually feel the other person mm-hmm. and, and kind of create the space for them as right. the teacher. So right. I love when you were saying that even though you're creating this class and teaching this class, you're still learning from it mm-hmm. and you're still growing and evolving from it. Yeah, there's definitely that conversation between freedom and structure in it where the playlist is the roadmap it is it is strategically curated um as the journey of the class the speak is a little bit less so I have um a theme that I sit with and write about and I am musing on for quite a a while before I step into the room and then all of that meets what's present in the room. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever I thought class was going to be goes out the window the moment the students walk in. So it's a, it's a push and pull. 
Yeah, it's not scripted. It's no. like you have a plan, but the plan may stick or it yeah, may Yeah, kinda... I have some. I have a theme. I have a yeah. theme, and this is unique to me. I, I don't think all the the other teachers um, work this way, but this is how my brain mm-hmm. works. That uh, I'm usually sitting with a concept within myself that I work through and develop and write about um, as part of my preparation, and then I will bring that theme to the room. But if the room needs something else and that's just simply a felt sense that's you know just presence I think Mm -hmm. then the the direction shifts Mm -hmm. like a changing wind Mm -hmm. it's definitely like a group yeah a group effort yeah the whole thing yeah um I want to go back something that keeps stick coming playing in my mind is you said it so beautifully that you reached your hands out for rain Mm -hmm. and then it rained and that resonates so much with me because I, I understand that feeling of just not knowing mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and just really asking whoever, mm-hmm. higher self, God, mm-hmm. you name it, however you want to call it, what should I do next? And yeah. I feel sometimes you do have to kind of hit rock bottom and be lost for mm-hmm. a second to get an answer. It's like you almost have to take all the perceptions away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, one of one of the great human disciplines is asking a better question. So I think when we initially come up against that wall of the unknown, we ask a very frustrated question, like, why isn't this happening for me in the time that I want it to and in the way in which I expect it to, you mm-hmm. know? And if we really sit with that question... Uh, over time, and that's where patience really is necessary, I think that question becomes better and more beautiful. So, you know, how is it that I want to feel? Mm-hmm. You know, what what would my future self thank me for if I did it today? Uh, am I in line with... Um, not just my own inner state, but am I in conversation with the world or am I trying to triumph over it? Mm-hmm. You know, and then that, that line of questioning, I think, sort of accidentally stumbles you upon the answer. Mm-hmm. But I think there's too much, or I, sh- I guess that's a, a bit judgmental, but I think I don't come to an answer when I'm seeking the answer. Mm-hmm. It's a bit forced. Yeah. You know, so I I refine the question. It's so I feel like it, it, from how you shifted it now, even in this moment, it became kinder. Uh-huh. It, rather than being like, tell me now. Yeah. Universe or myself or whoever, but it could be a real human pressuring you to give them an answer. Right. But once it becomes kinder and, you know, something that stayed with me from class yesterday was you were saying something, I'm paraphrasing, but Mm -hmm. something along the lines of when you shift your attention from the worry Mm -hmm. into the feeling, Mm -hmm. things change. Because if you're just focused on the worry, Mm -hmm. that's all you're listening to. I just started reading The Untethered Soul Mm -hmm. and then something else, like all these messages regarding that started popping up for me yesterday mm-hmm. and then I'm in the class mm-hmm. and you're saying that and it's like shift from the worry, shift from the worry, ask, ask yourself, ask your body, ask your heart, 
Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Ask your stomach. Like we feel so much in our belly. Yes. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? And you know, I feel like a lot of times we become intertwined with our body mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing self, body, mind. Right. And we don't ask ourselves questions yeah. because we think, oh, I'm I'm the solid box. Right. Of flesh and yeah. and thought. Yeah. But ask yourself questions in kindness and yeah. with patience. And trust, yeah, maybe, yeah, absolutely. And to further what what you know we, the journey we went through yesterday in classes, I think there's um, when we put all of this attention on the worry. The worry is often generated because we feel that we have lost choice. You know, over the course of our teens and our twenties, we're handed a smorgasbord of choice. What direction in life do you want to take your vocation or your job or your career? What direction in life do you want to take your love and who do you want to give it to and who do you want to receive it from? And then little by little, you know, responsibility, age, and routine start to harden our our possibilities into, well, routine, right? Mm-hmm. So we've maybe chosen that partner and so there's the feeling of being locked into that. We've chosen that path in life, and so there's the feeling of being locked into that. And so I think a lot of our concern comes from, huh, well, I feel as if I don't have a choice anymore about where my life is going. And I think one of the healthiest ways to break free of that stasis is to actually say, well, what is my state? And when I pay attention to my state, for example, if I'm very stressed out or worked up or something, okay, well, then it becomes clear what I need to do next because I'm not paying attention to, do I do this or do I do that? I'm thinking, what's going to feel right or most aligned in Mm -hmm. this moment? Even if it has to do with business you know if you're faced with a decision and you've got three choices on hand well okay if I go this way does that feel most integrous okay my stomach relaxes Mm -hmm. okay well is that putting a teammate or myself or the business in jeopardy okay well my my lungs tighten so Mm -hmm. you know there's all there's so much intelligence Mm -hmm. in the body um and when I place my attention more and more on my state actually Choice does diminish because it dissolves into pure understanding Mm -hmm. of myself. So what I need right now is actually to take a walk around the block. That's, it's a non-negotiable at this point. I don't want to live in that Mm -hmm. stressed out state. So if I don't want to live in that stressed out state, I either need to step away from it, meditate for five minutes, talk talk it through with somebody where I can get some guidance or counseling or help, whatever it is. But all I know is a stressed out state is not how I want to live my life. Mm-hmm. So the choice is made. Yes. You know? And it's made based on the feeling. Like you're saying the body has all this information, but we tend to not create the space to listen to it. Right. Because we're always just piling stuff onto it mm-hmm. as opposed to emptying and clearing. Mm-hmm. However, you choose to do, like you said, you can seek therapy, 
go for a walk, sit and meditate, mm-hmm. which are all forms of self-care, mm-hmm. not the commercial version, yeah. but the, the version that really doesn't cost anything. My self-care costs zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> My self-care routine is the moment I get home, I put on a playlist that I have curated to awaken my feminine energy. Now, that might sound a little woo-woo to some of your listeners, but I think for women, especially women in business, we um, have been conditioned to um, regard the masculine energy as success. Right? So mm-hmm. action, ambition, getting things done, making decisions. And, you know, as um, somebody who's been part of this business from, from the ground, that's part of my everyday. I teach class. And then after I see you, I'm, I'm in Excel sheets for basically the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, when I get home, it is my job to consciously transition out of the masculine and into the feminine and of course I can bring more feminine to my day um and that's that I think is probably my next few years of work to do but how I'm working with it now is I get home I light a million tea candles which I got for two dollar you know I got the two dollar bag at Dwayne Reed um and then I put on a playlist that I've really thought through and I add to it all the time and it's soft soothing beautiful voices and um, I get into more circular movement in my body just even as I'm walking around maybe I make a cup of herbal tea or something Um, but I do it through setting the tone Mm -hmm. and the tone the music that I put in in my home is where my state is being invited to Mm -hmm. right so I'm being beckoned into the state of of home yes I love that. I love it so much. I read it when you sent um, the answers to your Q&A. And I, you know when, when something happens and you're like, that this was completely meant to happen? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what's been in my head recently. And I couldn't put it into words. Mm. Because I work with women that have lost their sense of femininity yeah. or their feminine power. They just let it go because like you said, I did it. I, did too. I was in 20 years in corporate yeah. and I was pants literally and figuratively. It's like, we need to get you done. Right. And you're in that space, which can be sexy too. Yep. It's not like you're not going to look like sure. a girl. I don't think that sexiness is masculine or feminine. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a thing. It's a, it's yeah. a state. Yeah. But you become a little harder. You have to get things done. And we tend to, I feel something that's happening is also the word feminine or femininity gets stigmatized or, or, or seen in a, in a light that it's not because it's very empowering to be in your femininity. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's even more incredible when you know how to balance both. But yeah. like you were saying, bringing the feminine into the space where you feel like you should be masculine. But it's something that just I see happening over and over and over again with my friends, with women, with myself, where we're just kind of let that go. Mm-hmm. And then you have to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. And how you reclaim it is you create the space, you create the setting. Yeah. You're lighting your candles, which by the way, candlelight is just 
the best. Mm -hmm. You get some flowers. Mm -hmm. You play some nice music. And these things Mm -hmm. just get you into a space where, like you're saying, it doesn't cost any money. It just takes awareness and creating the, the space. And I think what you're saying about the awareness part is key because for years, I mean... If you look up self-care in Google, if you just Google it, you're gonna, it every single thing is going to say, take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, well, some of us don't have baths, some of us yeah. don't have whatever. And I think that what's more important, because how many times have I taken a bath and still been stressed out in the bath, and I'm like, oh, this is taking care of myself, I don't understand, yeah. is it's a conscious awareness mm-hmm. to transition yourself to... Um, uh, to 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 returning. Yes. So, it you can spend however much you want on a massage, or however much you want on fancy bath salts. But if you have not decided, oh, what this is really about is taking the time for me to melt back into myself, mm-hmm. melt back into my body to reclaim my time, to reclaim my uh, energy, to um, soften into stillness and quiet, to allow my higher self through, well, you're not really caring Yes. for oneself. Yeah, you're not caring for the self. You're spending money, mm-hmm. which is, I was speaking to a friend of mine in a recent episode, actually the one I just published this weekend, and she's a meditation teacher, mm-hmm. and her teacher's teacher's teacher mm-hmm had um, this passage where, I don't know the whole thing, but it starts with, you deserve the best. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say, you know, it is your right, it is your birthright to deserve the best. And the best to you can mean anything. Mm-hmm. The best can be lighting those candles and playing that music. Yeah. Somebody else, it could be paying for the massage. Right. But again, what is it? Yeah. How, don't get the massage because that's what a website is telling you to do yeah. or anybody's telling you to do or buy a cream or yeah. whatever it is. What is it to you? Because a lot of the times I feel like we don't even know. Right. We're just going through the motions, going through the routines, right. the roles and responsibilities. Yeah. And then one day you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I actually don't feel that great. Yeah. I think as a, um, a self-diagnosed workaholic, <laughs> um, and through that sort of pathology of my workaholicism, I've, have, I've gone down very destructive paths with it. Um, and I've lost things and people through it. Uh, I think one of the most important things that I'm learning now, currently, is the importance of stopping. And that stopping does is not a lack of productivity. It's actually the place of becoming. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so hard to stop sometimes, though. Yeah, it's a challenge. That, this is the human. This is the necessary discipline. Yeah, of any spiritual seeker is to stop and and truly. When I say this, I'm I hear so many of my intimate friends laughing because it has been my and continues to be my greatest challenge. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think this also has to do with, uh, I, I have, I, again, I'll say I have a wonderful mother and a wonderful father, both of which had um, 
addictive personalities. And I really uh, ascribed success to my dad, who's a workaholic, to mm-hmm. the nth degree. Um, and ascribed weakness to my mom, who was more feminine. And so now I'm starting to, at 33 years old, explore that, um, you know, nuclear family conditioning to reprogram myself, to understand that, that just as you said, there is such strength in that receptive feminine energy and that perhaps success doesn't necessarily mean achievement. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really, it takes some effort there. It takes, some, it takes so much effort because I feel like growing in the generations we did, it was just not, the, strong, the strongest wasn't the most feminine. It was the most more masculine. I mean, we had the, the power 80s and even going into the 90s, femininity was very angular and harsh mm-hmm. and feminism for the last few years was, or the last few decades has been, I am like the guy. Mm-hmm. I can do everything they do. Right. When it's like, I feel the new feminism is, I'm not like that a man. You know, we have so many ways of defining ourselves these days. Pick yeah. one. Right. But you don't have to compete with the other. Yeah, I think... So I went to an all-girls school. And, um, you know, back during that period of time in the, in the 90s, it's... Um, it was so much about we can do anything they can do. Mm-hmm. And now what I'm seeking is less in the separation of man and woman and more in the balance of masculine and femininity, femininity within myself. I love that. Yeah, and that yeah. I really am trying to seek the 50-50 balance yes. of the part of me that is ambitious, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And the part of me that... Um, is receptive and I need to honor that mm-hmm. more and what I'm looking for in friendships and intimates and uh, you know pursuits is more of a balance of that yes. so that it isn't man versus woman or transgender or whatever and that gets into more gender politics but what I'm really talking about is energy yeah, but I think that that's what the conversation has turned into because we always have to define it, right? Mm-hmm. What am I? Who am I? Right. And we're all seeking the definition. Mm-hmm. And we have so many definitions now to the yeah. point that in New York, am I correct that you, you can be genderless in right, your right. birth certificate, New Jersey just passed? It doesn't matter. Right. However you want to define that. Sometimes it's 50-50, sometimes it's 50, you know, 60-40, yeah. 70-20. right. I love how you described it as a part of myself is this way a part because we have so many parts of ourselves and again going back to that feeling of I am one thing yeah and I'm always the same it's like no 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 there's so many parts of you and they shift and in one day you can feel so many different ways and choose which Mm -hmm. energetic direction yeah you can go into but it's it's also happening now yeah. I feel like it's it I love that we're having this conversation. We were meant to have this conversation, but it's like a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a movement. It's a 
you know, everything that we're seeing around us and, and me too, no more. Mm-hmm. It's like, can we just be? Mm-hmm. Can I just be a woman? Can I just be however I want to feel and not have to compare and not have to and just be? Yeah, I think what's the, the, the way we do that or my, my views on that are that what we can control is ourselves, what we, what we have power over is ourselves. And, you know, if somebody else has a perception of me, um, well, you know, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to stand up what's for what's true about myself and about my, the, the people I care about, though what you think about me isn't necessarily my business. But if you begin to infringe mm-hmm. upon me, then it becomes my business. Yes, exactly. But as long as that's not happening, yeah, I hate this expression, but you do you, right? And I'll do me. I know in a perfect world, of course, right? Yeah. And then, and then you get into groups of people that have beliefs about other groups of people, yes. and then begin to infringe upon their freedoms. You yes. know, and that's where, and I think that's where activism is necessary and action is necessary. Yes. And there's so much going on now. I feel this this year for me is definitely one of being more involved in some sort of activism. And this is completely deviating from the subject, but you posted today regarding jail, Mm -hmm. this guy that was incarcerated. I had Mm -hmm. recently, this is something that's really calling me because, I mean, you want any bigger infringement on somebody's freedom and liberty than incarcerating them for the wrong reasons. But I think what... Uh, where spirituality and activism really meets is that, so if you think about, uh, you know, let's return to this uh, almost overused term self-care, right? I think um, the practice of sustainability, whether it is environmental, political, familial, or, or otherwise, stems from your ability to sustain yourself. So if you're really paying attention to your consciousness, to your needs, to your state, so you're going to eat better. So if you're going to eat better, you're going to care about where that food comes from. So if you care about where that food comes from, you're inevitably going to care about the environment and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth, right? And once you have that attention tuned to what makes you feel aligned in the world, Please use that strength, that energy, and that um, effort, turn it back outward Mm -hmm. toward the world. I think part of where um, we are in danger of in this trend of wellness is that it's becoming really solipsistic and Mm -hmm. really inward focused. And uh, I was at a conference once where Marianne Williamson got up to the podium and she was she gave one of her rousing talks where she said, okay, great, you've taken care of yourself or you've made steps to take care of yourself. Now go turn your attention to the needs of the world because mm-hmm. they are many, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and if we're not angry, we're not paying attention mm-hmm. to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible because you're absolutely right. It's how do you give it back? How do you pay it forward? You can't just retain what you've learned to yourself. And it, it is the, the biggest difference between the commercial commercialized self-care, where it's, it's very me, my body, physical, as opposed to 
how do I feel? How what, what I'm what what I'm doing? How is it impacting? Like you're saying, the people around me, and then that almost radiates mm-hmm. outward. And I'm so happy to be speaking with women like you that feel this way. I spoke to Elena Brower a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and she was telling me that as a child, um, she learned that in, in American Native Indian Indian culture. When the the leader, of, the chief of the tribe, when they would get a gift, they would pass it on. Mm. They don't keep the gifts. Mm. And they would get so many gifts that they were just always passing these gifts on. And that's what she is to me. Mm. That's, how, that's how I know Elena to be. It's like whatever mm. she learns, whatever technique, yoga, essential, whatever comes through her... She will teach it right away. That's what you guys are doing with the mm. class. It's like, okay, we found this thing that changes. We're going to gift it back. Mm. And if everybody, and it could be the most minimal thing. It could be somebody figured out a really yummy way to make something healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or somebody that found a cause that they want more people to participate in yeah. because it's helping. But pass it on. Yeah, you know, Keep the gifts moving forward. And I think... That's how we should be using technology because mm. technology is it's a have it's a gift and a curse. Yeah. But if you use it wisely, you can share right. so much. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the ideal use of social media yeah. would be to, you know, inspire and inform other people. One of the best again, I guess this, uh, this might be considered self-care too. One of the best things that I did was spend some time unfollowing uh, accounts that weren't additive. Yes. Yeah, fluff, noise. That yeah. takes up your, your time and your space of sitting with yourself. Yeah, and, and additive I, I use in the broadest sense because I follow accounts that challenge my political views I'm not only ever just looking at one news channel. I'm making sure that I'm also seeing what other news channels are saying, so that uh, I'm, I'm, a- I'm adding to the conversation to understand where all sides are coming from. Mm-hmm. Additive being, you know, a recipe that's easy to make on a weekday or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's adding to my life, mm-hmm. um, whether it's through challenge or through nourishment or through inspiration. Um, or through community, but I had to um, filter out what was causing um, what was causing me to get locked into old patterns of comparison or old patterns of judgment or insecurity, and so maybe I can return to having that information come through my life once I've healed those patterns. But for now, I need to take a break while Mm I really sort through, you know, those intricacies of myself, of my own psyche. I love that. What else would you um, recommend for people that are feeling a little overwhelmed or in that place where... Things are a little bit too much. I love, first of all, I love your routine. Of, Thank you. <laughs> you know, transitioning from work to home. Yeah. I love the shutting out, all this noise. But what are a few other things that you do that really help you? Well, sometimes, um, you know, I don't have, I, I'm not going straight home, right? I'll go to whatever busy thing we have going on next. And 
I'll still make that transition conscious. So Mm -hmm. I'll still say, okay, I am leaving work. Maybe I put my earbuds in. Maybe I play that playlist. Maybe I sit on the subway and uh, put airplane mode on any device and close my eyes and sit, knowing that I have four more stops to go so that there are touch points in the day where I am stopping, not doing. Um, And again, this is free. Mm-hmm. Right, the ability to close your eyes during your—I guess you can't do that if you're driving. <laughs> I was gonna say during your commute home, but you can you, stop for a minute, yeah. or when you get in the car, yeah, you can right, just close right. your eyes for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are some other things? Um, one of my teachers, her name is Rachel Dunville. She has this amazing mantra where somebody will, you know, if somebody. Uh, knocks her on the street, you know, and just wasn't very careful of how they were walking. And that initial reaction is, hey, man, you know, watch where you're going, that kind of a thing. (laughs) Instead, what she tries, what she says, her mantra is, everyone is seeking relief. So when I come up against somebody who's gruff or um, not, you know, unkind I can feel myself react pretty quickly. And then I try to remember, mm, okay, well, they are in some way seeking relief. Mm-hmm. So maybe that irritation or that frustration or that, you know, comparison or their judgment or whatever is manifesting itself like this because they're actually seeking relief mm-hmm. and that's their outlet in that moment. Mm-hmm. So it's as much a gift for them as it is for me uh-huh. <laughs> so that I don't take on their energy and I don't, you know, yeah. make it my own. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Just, so that's something yeah. daily I try to, uh, there's that old Plato quote that my family, it's, it's like a family mantra at this point, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. Mm-hmm. And I know it's on, you know, magnets for fridges and things <laughs> like that, but, but boy, it helps me at work all the time when, colleagues are you know um on you know on a time crunch or a deadline or um you know stressors or running high or whatever it is okay well they're fighting a battle here okay well they're seeking relief here so let me check in with myself I don't need to take on that energy I can just let that be what's happening for them over there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to happen mm-hmm. for me over here. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a psychic boundary. Yes. To go, oh, interesting. They're in need. Oh, hold on. But it doesn't have to be me. And as an empath, I'm very susceptible to that energy. Yeah. And I can immediately make their stress my stress. Yes. I can immediately make their irritation mine. I can immediately make their... Uh, their... Um, personal inquisition yeah. about something I did wrong. And you almost want to help find a solution even though the thing has nothing to do with right? it. Right. <laughs> or take it on as if yes. I were part of the problem. Yes. You know, or so I'm I'm quick to jump to those places of what did I do wrong? How can I help? Um you know, it wasn't me. It was me, you know, mm-hmm, taking a responsibility mm-hmm. in all these different ways. And again, stopping yeah. even if it's momentarily to say that's happening over there. Yeah. It doesn't have to happen over here. Like cutting that cord. Yeah. So now let me <laughs> parcel through this yes. with ease. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do another day out, a part two, like um, 
the business side of spirituality because it's still a business Mm -hmm. and it's lovely and incredible but you know there's the realness to it that happens and I feel a lot of people that are pursuing um teaching or sharing in in any capacity don't understand that Mm -hmm. you know you're not you're not a monk you're mm-hmm. not sitting on a mountain. Natalie mm-hmm. gets upset sometimes, <laughs> right. and she oh, no. goes through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very human. <laughs> yeah, like you guys are human. You yeah. know, and it's like, and you need your space, and it's okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's yeah. still you know there's branding conversations and marketing <laughs> meetings and P and Ls and profit margins, and there are all of these things. Yeah. And I think that the one thing that makes our company really special is that. We're doing all of this with consciousness. Yes. So we're doing all of it, treating each other well and fairly. We're doing all of it with um, the integrity of not just the company, but our own, you know, humanness and selves in mind. And um, we're not losing, we never lose sight of the, the mission. Yeah. You know, and it, I think once you're really clear, and this is for anybody who's starting a business or part of a business... If you know what your mission is in, it, what, what your mission is, and everybody is on board with that, then decisions become a lot easier yes. to make. Yeah. If there's one, it's like it, it ha- there has to be an alignment of the mission is the mission, yeah. and then everything else has to just yeah, and fall I think in line with that. You can have a mission statement for your relationship, and mm-hmm. you can have a mission statement for yourself, and that becomes your non-negotiable. Yes. And so you return to when in these times of unknown or lost or feeling estranged. Okay, well, partner. Okay, self. Okay, company. What is it we're really doing here? What is it we really care about? Let's go back to the baseline. Yeah. Let's go back to basics. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Look at your toes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, last two questions. Um, one, when are you going to write a book? No, I'm sorry. I lost my voice. <laughs> oh gosh. I really, really want to. Um, poetry is definitely my artistic medium, my creative medium. And, um, I see it in my future. I think I'm still a little shy about it. Uh-huh. So I haven't yet really mm, solidified that vision, but for sure, that's a dream. I mean, you write beautifully. And oh, I think man. that's one of the reasons why I started following you on Instagram. Thank I'm the you. same as you. I'm very discerning on whose information I'm going to take on. And Thank there has you. to be something, you know, genuine, something. You're, you're sharing personal, but there, there's, all, there's like a positivity mm. to it. And you write so beautifully. Gosh, thank you. That that warms my heart. Yeah. Thank you. It's just like sometimes you write these poems. I'm like, what? And then you're like joking and dancing and then these things come out. <laughs> thank you. I, yeah. I don't know what to say. So stay tuned. In the meantime, people can follow you on, on yeah, Instagram. I am. Uh, this is Natalie. <laughs> this is Natalie. My own little egoic joke. Yeah. So this is at... This is Natalie. And if anybody wanted to come to the class or find you otherwise, how Mm -hmm. can they do that? Um, I teach in New York four days a week. 
um, Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And I travel quite a bit to teach. So in uh, February, I'll be in San Francisco. In March, I'll be in Miami. And then I'm um, really, really excited to be leading a few retreats this year. Mm -hmm. Usually I produce and host them. Mm -hmm. So I'll be leading a one-day retreatment in Vancouver in April. And then I'll be leading a four-day in Mexico with Kevin Courtney and um, Whistler Uh with Kevin in September. Wow. My heart just like did a little jump because I'm a huge fan of Kevin's. Oh, yeah. I've never met him. Again, he's also like in the ethers Mm -hmm. and then through you guys, but there's an energy that he has. Yeah. Um, that you guys combined, I can only imagine. He uh, was one of Taryn's teachers, which is how I met him many years ago, and he's really refined the afternoon offering uh-huh. uh, and the meditation in the morning to complement the fiery work of the class uh-huh. so, so beautifully. So um, we worked together for the one-day retreatment in Malibu in October, and it felt like synergy, and wow. I'm excited to to have that opportunity a few more times this weekend or this year in longer, a longer format. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And they can find these schedules at TarenToMe.com. TarenToMe.com. Yeah. Thank you. So Natalie, thank you so much. Paula, what a treat. What a treat to be in conversation with you. Thank you. I love you. I'm in love with you now. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live, and you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love, and thank you.